You're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital, and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker, and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Today on the podcast, I am chatting about one of my all-time favorite topics, online courses. You guys know I love talking about courses, memberships, and anything digital offers, really. So when I can get a guest on that is killing it with her own courses and also helping hundreds of other people do the same, well, I'm going to jump at that chance. Today's guest is someone who is honestly like a literal rainbow of color and happiness, and that guest is the beautiful Tina Tower. Tina is a powerhouse businesswoman, a downright awesome human, and someone who I have followed and loved engaging with on socials for years. So it was a pleasure to have her on the podcast. Tina is the author of two books, One Life, How to Have the Life of Your Dreams, and her new book, which is launching currently right now, Million Dollar Micro Business. Tina has won some cool awards like Telstra National Young Businesswoman of the Year, an Australian business champion and has featured on the Today Show, in the Financial Review, on Sky Business and as a businesswoman to watch by the Huffington Post. In this episode, we talk about lots of course creation questions that most of you guys have, like is a course for every business? Do you need a large audience or not? And also with her incredible new book, Million Dollar Micro Business, launching now, what is the realistic time frame to set as a goal for that very sexy income figure? While we are both course creator geeks and obs love the online course world, it's also a very real discussion about the life of a course creator and what that looks like as a business owner. You will love this episode and Tina's sparkle and all the links to connect with Tina and get your hands on a copy of her amazing new book, Million Dollar Micro Business, is on the show notes page for today's episode at all the W's, the social hub AU.com forward slash 85. Enjoy the chat, guys. This is a good one. Well, welcome, Tina, to today's episode of the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here today. Um, you've got a lot of awesome stuff going on in your business, which we're going to talk about during the episode today. And, um, you know, it's, as I said before we hit record, it was quite funny because I got the email from you and I was like, oh, yeah, I was going to ask you to be on the podcast anyway. So <laughs> it was just perfect timing. I love one of those universe way. things. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Stacey. I'm yeah. so happy to be here. So can you just, for anyone who in my audience who doesn't know you, introduce yourself and your business? Yeah. So I'm Tina. Hi, friends. <laughs> um, and I, I started business when I was 20. So I've been going my whole adult life and I've done lots of different iterations of business. I started with an educational toy store and a tutoring center and then wrote my own curriculum and licensed it and then changed our tutoring centers to franchises and built them to 35 locations around the country and then sold our business in 2016 
ran away and traveled the world with my husband and two kids for a year going to 28 countries. And that is where I found online business. And so I started coaching people um, using online programs and then totally fell head over heels in love. So it was never part of the grand plan. It was just supposed to be like this thing that I did while I figured out what I was going to do with my life and who I was going to be because I was 33 when I sold. So too young to kind of you know, hang, hang it up. Um, yeah. And so I had to discover what I wanted to do and what you wanted to be when you grew up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And yeah. so, yeah, I found online courses and just loved it. And it kind of what I do now, like I help coach women who are running online businesses. Like I work in a very small niche with experienced business women that have had service-based businesses that now package their expertise and use Kajabi as a platform and build through personal brand instead of Facebook advertising. So it's quite a yeah, quite yeah a, a very niche way of doing online courses. Yeah. yeah but it just means Which is super cool. Yeah. And it means that we can be super specific and do that. Yeah. But when I do this, like, I feel like everything that I've done in my 17 years of business was like training for this, this thing that yeah. I'm doing now. Like, I just love it. And I cannot believe that it's my job. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I do. I think it must've been, I don't know whose podcast it was on. Maybe it was on yours or maybe it was on Kate Toons. I think it might've been Kate's. You were on there and you were telling that story of your previous work life to then traveling and then kind of landing in this world now. And I was like, that's so cool. Like I love hearing those stories about someone who just did something completely different and then fell into what they do and they just totally love it. Yeah. And sometimes that's the way it happens, you know, when it's, and for me, it was really interesting because I, I was, I still am a little bit a massive control freak. Like I was one of those people that had a 10 year plan, five year plan. Then it was three year plans broken into one year plans, broken into 90 day action plans, broken into daily <laughs> action steps. And then like all diarized, like time ninja to the point where like, it was just ridiculous, a ridiculous level of control. Um, but so it was really quite a surprise to me to go, Oh, this thing is here that I didn't, plan on or or no and so it really taught me to start going with the flow a bit and not being so like tunnel vision that I miss all the beautiful stuff that could be taking you on a different path and a different flow yeah. so I'm trying to do that more as I get older yeah I, I I can totally appreciate that and I think you know what was that what'd you say it was 2016 and I mean you know coming into 2020 what a great place to be in where your business is totally online like I feel so blessed in the last 18 months to have a business that just could function no matter where I was. Yes. So lucky, like incredibly lucky. I mean, when COVID hit, I was actually in California ready to run our first retreat for her empire builder. Uh, So I'd gone there and I left on like the 11th of March and everyone's going, there's this thing happening. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, Tina. And I'm like, you know, the eternal optimist and going, nah, nah, it'll be fine. Like, it's just the media making a big deal, you know. (laughs) That and us Australians are so complacent, right? Like we are just so untouched by so many things down here in this country. We're just like, that happens in other places. That doesn't happen here. Yeah. And then like literally 24 hours later, I got an email from Virgin saying, come back to the airport, get on a plane. Like we advise you get home on the next flight. And I was like, oh, bummer. But then I got home and I was devastated because that was going to be the platform that we launched our mastermind program off was this massive retreat in beautiful Pump Springs and all of this 
things. And so I came back like devastated going, I don't know what's going to happen with the business now. And yeah, we were just so lucky that we were online, but there was so much uncertainty there. And I saw like so many people had to completely change the way that they did business. Like it was just a really incredible six months. Oh, totally. And I mean, even still in Australia, we still weren't really that impacted in terms of kids being home from school. Yes. Where do, but you, because you know you don't live in Victoria, which was obviously the state that was hit the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and my kids weren't home for that long. I think it was might have been six weeks or something. Yeah. And so it was, you know, that was a challenge. But other than that, it's just been like life as usual. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which has been um, Yeah, I actually blessed. didn't mind it. <laughs> I no, like, I know. Some days I'm like, can we go back into lockdown? Yeah, I'm like, like voluntarily. We <laughs> <laughs> voluntarily voluntarily go back into lockdown. Um, yeah. So okay. So now you've got a new book coming out. I, I thought, do. Let's just have a quick chat about this. Now it's called Million Dollar Micro Business. Yeah. Now that's a very very sexy title, <laughs> I have to say. So can you share with everyone a little bit about what the book's about? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because when um, I came up with the title, the general consensus from pretty much everyone was it's too long. Um, so, <laughs> but I was like, no, million dollar micro business is great. <laughs> no, I lo- I think it's a very sexy yeah. title. I think it's cool. I loved it. Um, so, what it's about is how to. It's a very practical book with how to package your expertise into a digital online course. So, I work with a lot of people that you know further along the journey, but I get asked a lot of those "where do I start?" questions all the time. So, I thought I would put that all into a book and have that taken care of because I love books. Like I'm obsessed with reading and I just find it incredible that you can have someone's IP all in a book for like 30 bucks is amazing. Because you've written other books. I've written, I've written a children's book and I've written a personal development book before. Yeah. And so this one, this one's very different to my last book. Um, My last book was very much story based and like my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, This one is um, (laughs) a bit drier in terms of... Hopefully it's still really entertaining, Um, but it is very practical in that, you know, it's a guidebook in going, okay, here's some things you can do. And then this is what my experience has been. And then I bring in success stories from other people that have also built million dollar businesses as well. Yeah, cool. And what made you decide to put it into a book? Because there's a lot of people teaching courses out there. And they've, you know, got courses to teach people how to, t- to create courses. I've got, I have a course that does the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, or people that have podcasts on courses, creating courses. And yeah. um, there is definitely a, part, a certain element of the process that has to be hands-on. Yeah. This is how you do the thing. So what made you decide to put it into a book? Yeah, you know, I was having a conversation with one of my friends who he makes millions and millions of dollars out of online courses. And he was like, you are ridiculous. Like, why are you writing this book? You should put it all into a course. And because I was looking around and going, there's no books on this topic. And the reason there's no books is because people that know how to do online courses can make an online course and make millions out of it. And you write a book and you don't write a book to make money. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I know. (laughs) It does not make money. It's just, it's like a labor of love. I mean, the small percentage does, um, but you definitely don't go into book writing um, for revenue generating activities. But I think um, I just, I love books and I have learned so much through books. And when I was starting out in business, even now, I mean, I 
I just read the greatest book on the plane on the way to where I am right now. And it's just, there's books that alter your whole way of thinking and perception that is just so easy and so accessible. And so I wanted something for me, I go, there's so many people still struggling and still having so much IP and knowledge in their heads. And the online learning market is just booming that they could do it if they like figured out the easy way. And I find a lot of people have this idea, but they're just like, you know what? I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to do. So I wanted to put something together that they could pick that up and go, oh, okay. And then after that, like have an idea to then be able to go, all right, this is going to be the thing for me and then get the course that actually shows you click here, do this, click here, do this. But at least you know where to start. Yeah, yeah. I actually thought it was genius really because there's so much, like I said, there's so many courses to teach people how to create courses, you know, and it makes sense, right, because you're teaching them how to create a course so you show them how to do it with a course. Like it makes perfect sense. But um, at the same time, there's, you know, there's quite a few people that teach that now. Um, and for, to invest in something like that, you, as a course creator, you have to charge the appropriate amount yes. for people to invest in it. And what I find sometimes is sometimes people invest and then go, oh, maybe a course isn't right for me, right? Yeah. So having that, the book as like that entry level thing where they can kind of nut all that stuff out. I was like, that's genius, man. Exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. love I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I think it's so great. Can't wait to see it come out. So we're going to have a bit of a chat then about online courses. And I mean, obviously you'll share probably, I'm, sh- I'm sure some of your journey with it and I'll share bits and pieces of mine as well. So it'd be a cool combo. And I know that lots of people love to hear about this and hear different voices on it. So I guess the thing I'd love to get your opinion on first is do you think an online course is for every business? Nope. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's different iterations of the answer to that out there on the internet. Yeah. And, you know, I see a lot of people say anyone can have an online course. Yeah. And look, well, I that do sounds believe- good. Yeah, it does. It sounds sound really good. good. And then it's something that people go, all right, well, I want to make money, so I'll buy it. And in some ways, I was, I was saying this the other day and going, it's almost like the new get rich quick scheme sort of thing and going, yes. okay, I will do this and package it and then it will be my pathway to riches. Um, and so I do, I'll clarify that answer and going, I do think everyone can create an online course. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. But not everyone can market it. And unfortunately, in our game that we play here in this industry, those who market well win. And not everyone is willing to be the product and to market themselves. And so I think that's what holds a lot of people back from being successful is you can be the smartest person and have all of this knowledge and expertise, but if it's the world's best kept secret, then it's just going to sit there on the internet and not get much traction. And so I think that anyone can create the actual course itself, but the hard part is actually selling it, (laughs) getting it in front of the right people and all of the other components. Like when you think of online courses, the actual course itself is just a very small part of all of the things you've got to do in the business of online course. And I think a lot of people don't really think that whole thing through. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I I think I've experienced it before because my business is like group coaching and online courses. Like that's what I do for a living. And I've experienced launch fatigue before. I know heaps of peer, people that have experienced launch fatigue. And it's, um, you know, you, you it's, it's definitely not that set and forget 
product that you create. It's not, you know, just pop it on your website and everyone buys it. That's not how it works. Yes. And, you know, I saw, um, cause obviously we're doing a lot of book promotion yes. at the moment yes. and they sent me a press release the other day and I had to change it because it said like a great way to make passive income and make money while you sleep. And in a way, you know, you do make money while you sleep, but there's no, it's not passive. It's just extremely leveraged. So yes. it's very scalable and so leveraged. Like after running service-based business for such a long time, oh my gosh, is it beautifully leveraged? <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. crazy, but it's still not a set and forget. If I just disappeared from the internet right now and took six months off, I would not still be making as much money. Yeah. And like you said, like you teach leveraging off a personal brand rather than Facebook ads, obviously. And then, you know, there's a whole other bunch of strategy to use Facebook ads, which do work. And I know people that teach that and they're extremely successful in selling their courses with Facebook ads, but you choose the personal brand, which works well with you because that's what you do. Like you do it so well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always been a fan of content marketing. I mean, when I built my tutoring centers, I got really good at content marketing because we had no money. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's organic, most of all. So it does keep the cost down to a certain extent because Facebook ads can be a rabbit hole that can get very expensive if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And it's the old adage of going, would you rather sell something to one person for $2,000 or 10 people for $200? Like what's going to be easier? And for me, always doing something of higher quality with higher touch point that's premium has always been an easier model to go yeah. with. Um, and I like that high touch point, high impact sort of thing. So I think if you've got like a low cost, high volume program, Facebook ads is, is definitely the way to go because you need to get that high volume yeah. and you need to pump it out there. Um, so it's going to take a long time to get enough traction organically. Um, but if you're going for like a premium product, then organic is the way because you need to build so much trust and connection before people are willing to pay that money to you and the only way you can do that is through having a lot of valuable credible content out there yeah totally I 100% agree so do you think people need a certain set of skills before they create a course or um do you think it's something that they can learn along the way Yeah. And I think no matter how many skills you've got beforehand, I think you learn a lot along the way. I mean, I've been in business for ages and there's still stuff every day in online programs that I go, huh, did not know that, did not do that. (laughs) Like it's, it's an ever changing industry. And that's what I love so much about it is what worked last month isn't going to work for the next month and each launch is slightly different and we're figuring yeah. out where the market's going. I mean, the market now is so much smarter and savvier that I was debating like false live webinars with someone the other day in, you know, when they put the webinar and then they're like, oh my gosh, you're in luck. We're going live in an hour or in 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> it's live and it's like, everyone like will not live right now. Like, don't lie. Just yeah, say yeah. It's pre-recorded or when you're live, say you're live and prove you're live. Like it's just, yeah. I think people, like that's a really quick way to lose trust because people are hip to the scheme. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're also hip to the whole come on my free webinar and you're going to sell something at the end. Like they yeah. know you're going to sell something at the yes. end. So why hide it? Yes. You know, it's yeah. like, here's a free training I'm going to give you. At the end, I'm going to show you how you can work with me to do it. Like, it's not that hard to just yeah. be honest with yeah. the process. And that comes down to, like you said, people are savvy now. They're yeah. aware. So you've got to adapt your messaging yeah. to the fact that people are more savvy. 
yeah, that's it. But yeah. I find um, skill set wise, the biggest thing that I've seen in my clients is having to um, having to like step into the light themselves. So yeah. a lot of my clients are really experienced business women that have done like behind a brand their whole lives. Yes. And so to come out from that and then go, I'm Tina Tower and this is what I believe and this is what yeah. I see. Like that's really, you're very exposed. And yeah. that is a skill that takes getting, getting used to, to yeah. find kind of your balance that you're comfortable with and how you're going to play. Um, because like the way I use social media, I'm very personal on social media, but I also keep my private life extremely private. Um, and so there is a way to do that. And I think a lot of people think, okay, well, I don't want to like bear my whole life on there, but you don't you don't have to so you've got to kind of find your happy medium with that and I think the other thing is is like sales and marketing um no matter what course you're in no matter what sort of industry you come from you need to learn sales and marketing yeah I think people are more scared of the tech and the tech is the easiest thing to learn I think because that like you said the sales and marketing and what sort of funnel are you going to use and how are you going to put yourself out there and be a part of your brand so people can experience you I think they're the things that are the hardest for people to to nail and that fear sometimes it's too I found the fear of selling like giving yourself permission to sell that's really hard for some people yeah yeah Especially Particularly when you're doing it. Like if you're on a webinar and you're live, you have to live then pitch something to someone, to these people. And that can be really confronting, particularly if you have hidden behind a brand. Yeah. And a lot of the time, you know, it's linking, like people will link their self-worth to the sales well and going, am I good enough for this? Are they going to pay me for my, like link their value right to it where you have to disconnect from that a little bit and going often, yeah, yes, it does have to do with you. Yes. But that's not the whole picture. Like people are saying no for any number of reasons that are going on in their lives and different things. And mostly it's got nothing to do with you personally as a person yeah, mostly. <laughs> or it's like the perception that they've got or maybe your sparkly bits aren't talking to each other and that's okay yeah yeah 100 percent. I think too like in terms of when, when we talk about the tech part of it that is the, the thing that people go straight to first and they get overwhelmed about tech first before worrying about those other things or you know strategizing about those other things first I think it's important to note that from that component, we're so blessed these days. Like we have accessibility, like you use Kajabi. It's only 150 bucks a month. It's not that expensive. There's other platforms that are even cheaper than that. If you can't afford to get into Kajabi to start with. What do Um, you use for yours? I use Kartra, which I totally love. Um, But I've helped some other people, like some other people I've worked with that have done courses that love Podia. That's a bit of a cheaper platform, but it's pretty good in terms of entry level. Um, you know, and you can keep it as simple as you really need to, you know, you know, years ago, I was listening to a podcast and I can't remember who it might've been Prue Chapman from Owners Collective. And she was saying like the first, um, online course she ever created cost tens of thousands of dollars and, you know, and this was years ago now. And she was like, we didn't have teachable or any of those things. Like I had to take out a small loan to put this course together. And, and she's like, I only sold so many spots to it. I didn't even cover the costs of putting yeah. it together. And these days you can sign up to a platform that costs relatively reasonably inexpensive and start getting your course out there. I think we're extremely blessed 
to live in the age of technology we are. Blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, in 2015, like just before I sold my company, we made a new website that cost $60,000. <laughs> like, and it was like, I go, what? It's changed so quickly. And that's why when I found online courses, like I fell in love because I was like, what? This one program that I don't, like, I don't need to pay a developer to change. We used to all be yeah. on WordPress. So every time I wanted to make a change, I had to get a developer because the code and death by plugin was like killing my brain. Yeah. And now I go like, we've just, we're planning an event. Women online is happening in August. And so I wanted to make the landing page and the email sequences and the thank you page and all the whole thing together. And I was like, oh, you know what? I haven't done it myself for a while. I'll jump in and do it. And because I love the tinkering on the tech side. And so I did it. And literally 12 minutes later, it was done and perfect. And I'm like, I love this. Like, this is so good. And I just go, like, you can run a multi-million dollar company with like Kajabi, Canva. <laughs> And like Monday, it's amazing. I know, it's crazy. It really, like, it really is insane that we, you know, we get to do that for We're sure. We're so lucky. It's so it's the lucky. same, like going back to million dollar micro business, like the definition of million dollar micro business is the million dollar company with less than five staff. And I don't think that 10, 15 years ago, you could have really yeah. like there's you needed a bigger business required more people whereas now like all of the automations that we can do and the software that we can have work for us enables us to actually do so much like I got to 700,000 before I hired anybody and I wasn't like scrambling it was fine it yeah. just it blows my mind how much you can do with technology and I think you know, when people look at it, it can be overwhelming when you're not techie and you haven't seen it before. But a lot of the time, I think people will overcomplicate it. And yes. so one, one of my most like favorite examples is Brendan Bouchard, because I'm a massive Brendan Bouchard fan. Um, he's personal development guru for anybody who doesn't, doesn't know Brendan Bouchard. Um, and he runs his programs on Kajabi and he literally has like the simplest, ugliest pages ever. (laughs) He uses, so he's like an eight figure a year business and he uses just those things. He doesn't have like all the convert kit and entrepreneur and all the different like funnels and app stacking and everything going on. He's like, you know what? I'll keep it simple and just I'll use it within its capacity. And I go, man, if he can do it, surely I can do that. So when I was starting to build mine out, the whole thing when I was like, oh, I could have this capability if I added this software and this capability if I added this software and was like, hang on, do I really need it or am I just geeking out on like the thing? And so, yeah, I've said no to a lot of things and just maximized the capability of what I've got. And it's amazing what you can do. 100%. I think that whole shiny object syndrome of the multiple integrations that look really cool and, oh, I could have this feature, but then you add the feature in and none of your students use it. It's like, why did I spend $250 to integrate this thing that no one's using? That's exactly it. And when I go to do something, I go, is this either going to make me more money or increase customer success? And if it's not really, then no. (laughs) You don't need it. Yeah. So another question, this is another conversation that goes around a lot in terms of online courses, and that is the one of audience. Yes. So some people will say you need a huge audience to launch a course and they'll tell you start, you know, audience building and all that sort of thing. Some people will say you can build your audience as you launch. Mm -hmm. What's your opinion on audience? 
Oh, I want to know yours too. Um, okay, I'll tell you mine and then then you tell me yours. Okay. Um, <laughs> you definitely, I think you don't need a big audience at all. I I mean, it's different when you start from zero. Um, yes. You know, I was very lucky when I started mine. Mm-hmm. I'd already been building personal brand a lot. So I had, um, I won the Telstra Business Women's Awards in 2014, and that gave me a lot of exposure in the Australian business community. So when I started, I wasn't starting from zero. And I think that's really important for people to know, because sometimes I'll say how quickly I hit the seven figures and they're like, Jesus, like that's, that's fast. But I didn't start from, I already had like foundation there to build on. Um, but in saying that, when I hit a million, I was at about 1,700 Instagram followers. And talking to... Not Kijana, a lot. It's not a lot. I'm the lowest, like the least famous person to ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that doesn't add up. But what I, I have a very engaged community. So because I haven't paid any advertising as well, I think it makes a really big difference. Yeah. And because I, I find I don't do it on purpose, but I find people either like me or don't. Um, I'm not vanilla. I'm a bit rainbow. Everything looks like, you know, a rainbow's vomited Your on Instagram. It. And feed is literally a rainbow. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and you it wear is. rainbow colored clothes. Yeah. That's and so, so true. Either like that or they don't. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've had people tell me that my happiness is annoying and my giggle is like off putting and like all sorts of things. Um, and so I think when you start, a really good thing is to just be yourself because then you're going to attract or polarize and yeah. you're never going to keep everybody happy. Um, but no, you don't need a big audience to build a big business. You just need the right audience. You need to only worry about your people. So don't try and be all things to everyone. Just be perfect for your perfect people. Um, And that has worked time and time again. I mean, I had one of my clients that started from zero, brand new industry, no credibility, no reputation. She did all the things like the really good marketing in that pre-launch and then launch. So she had 12 weeks in lead up. So quite a bit of time, I think. Um, But in hindsight, like it's a short amount of time. And she she got 11,000 in that first launch so like I was a lot of people like oh you know eleven thousand dollars is not that much but I was like cartwheeling going oh my god that's amazing because it just goes boom 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 from there um and you've got to kind of show up like even I'm in Noosa at the moment running a retreat for my program her empire builder and we've got 62 members that are coming here last year I had six yeah so a lot of people, you know, they'll get four or five people in their first mastermind or their first membership or program, or whatever they're doing, and kind of be a bit bummed about it. But you serve the pants off those people. Yes. And it can 10x in a year. Like it's, you've got to show up with just as much enthusiasm for the small, and then it will grow. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. And it gets a stacking effect. Like the more you do it and the more you keep refining it and doing it better, yeah. then it does stack on and, you know, and more people come in. And, and, and in terms of the audience thing, I totally agree. I think, um, I mean, I started my business from zero with like five followers, I think it was, and launched my business with one course. Like yeah. It was a group coaching program. Yeah. Um, and I just built it out from there. And you know, so you can 100% build your audience as you're launching and as you're creating and as you're going through the process. Um, 
It's just that obviously if you have an audience, you're going to be able to potentially, if it's the right audience, and this isn't even 100% guaranteed every time, just because you've got a a large audience for potentially maybe your service-based business doesn't mean that that large audience is going to translate into people who will buy courses from you. So you can have a large audience and maybe potentially leverage your course faster or maybe potentially you won't either. It's the people in that audience that will determine who's going to buy. So sometimes you could be starting from zero, even if you had 5,000 followers, if you're going to turn your course into a course-based business. Yeah. And launching in itself is such a good way to build your audience as well. I mean, doing a live launch is like such an intense marketing activity that it's it's (laughs) just like, I love it. I have so much fun watching, but there's just nothing like it in terms of like this building and and building that reputation and getting all of that done. So if people are waiting until they have the audience before they launch, they're missing out on on all of that growth that's going to happen happen there. And there's people, like I get people, I, I launch every six months now. In the first year I launched, every 12 weeks, which was a lot, but it was great because it built that audience really, yes. really rapidly. Um, now I do it every six months and it's amazing how quickly that, that six months comes around. Um, but in doing that, like when we launch and we, we have a new member come in, there could be someone that's been on that list for years now that show up yes. at every launch, watch the webinars, do everything. But for some reason they're, they're holding, holding back. They're not making that leap yet. And so you've got to just keep showing up for people because you don't know, you know, when they're going to come across. Do yeah, you? exactly. And that's the thing is that sometimes you find that the, the person, if you look back, if, if you have been building your list and everything and you look back at when they first came into your list, sometimes it might have been two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just taken them, maybe that was just their journey. Sometimes someone's journey can be two days. Sometimes their journey can be two years. You just don't yeah. know. You've got to just yeah trust and in the process sometimes. For a lot of people, like my husband was saying to me the other day, because we, we just had a new person join and I, I looked them up and whenever someone does one of our challenges or webinars or any of our freebies, they get tagged. And this person had literally every tag. Yeah. <laughs> like oh my gosh like what has and then I was so intrigued in going so what is it now that made them like back themselves to do that and he was saying to me because I don't I mean I think things through but I make decisions very fast so never would I like look at something and then pull back look at something and then pull back like I'm either in or I'm out straight away um he's like a lot of people aren't like you Tina like they need to test it and go, can I do this? And it's a really big deal to, for a lot of people to go, you know what, I'm going all in. I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my life and I'm going to go all in on this and build the business of my dreams. Like that's a massive shift for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I 100% agree. So let's talk about then, you know, the million dollar micro business, seven figure business from scaling courses. Like it sounds awesome. And I know you said that, um, you got to, well, I can't remember what the benchmark was you mentioned before, reasonably quickly, but you already had an engaged audience. So that helped. There's, you know, there's a, there's work. Yeah. Like, like you said, having courses, it's a leveraged business model. It's not passive, you know, sit on the beach with a cocktail every day and ding, 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 you're just going to be, you know, making sales hundred percent. Yes. People can buy stuff literally while you're sleeping, but it doesn't mean that you don't, there's no work to do involved in the process. So 
like realistically, like what's the time frame from like content conception to a course conception to seven figures? Like I reckon two to three years. Yeah. I reckon if you do all the things, you can do it in two to three years. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people, like if you got there in three years, you'd look back and go, man, that was quick. Like that was like hindsight's beautiful to see that. But when people are in like year one or year two, and they're like plagued with self-doubt and all the things like, and they're going, it just, it's so hard. So I would say to people, when you're starting, if you treated it like you knew it was going to be a million dollar business, how would you be acting right now? Like yes. you'd be nurturing it. You wouldn't be like going, oh, it's not worth my time. It's not giving me the return that I wanted right now. Cause it's from little things, those big things grow. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And um, that's where I get, I get irked sometimes when I see you know, a lot of that messaging around it's like the silver bullet for your business yeah. to have an online course, you know, that whole thing. You're going to make money while you sleep and it's going to solve all of your problems. Yeah. It's, it's, still, it's still work. Yeah, it's, it's still, still work. work involved. It's like it's, the most fun work ever. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Like I, my whole business is online courses and group coaching. I totally love it and love yeah. the process, but there's still work to do. Yeah, <laughs> You don't just build it and then they will come. Yes, yeah. You've got and to I, do all those other things. Yeah, it's the same with um, like even if you're building through advertising as well. Like I know a lot of people at the moment and, yes, I've just written a book called Million Dollar Micro Business, but a lot of people are hung up on the seven-figure business thing. But yes. not all revenues are created equal either. Right. So, um, you know, sometimes like a girlfriend of mine just had a had a great launch. She did 350000 but she spent over 200000 on Facebook advertising. So it's not all, um, you know, it's not all about the revenue as well. You've, got, you've really got to watch what you're spending and, and how you're building that too in going there. And sometimes, you know, if you've got a $500,000 business and you're running really lean and you don't have many expenses, that can be a bloody beautiful business model. Um, if you've got really great lifestyle and everything's working, I would still encourage you to go bigger um, because there's not enough women that go bigger. Yeah. Um, the percentage of women at the top in every industry is abysmally small. It's crazy small in online courses, which is why I'm so passionate about getting all the women to go big. Because <laughs> women, why do you think money. that is? Why do you think it is that women there's not enough that do that? Um, because I think for a lot of women, the expectation is different. So a lot of men go into it. So what I've found in our industry is there's a lot of bro marketing, like let's get yes. the Lamborghini and the super yacht and let's just go like this, like you know. Um, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of that going on. <laughs> totally. Um, and it doesn't resonate with a lot of women. And women kind of get to the stage where like a lot of women that I talk to and they're like, I just really want to have a beautiful, balanced, happy, contented life. Um, so the goals are very, very different. And you can do that earning a few hundred thousand dollars a year. You can live a really bougie, beautiful life on a few hundred thousand a year. And so what I find is women will get there and then stop and go, well, why would I keep pushing out of my comfort zone to go further? Like, I'm really happy here. I'm really comfortable here. I think I'll just stay here. Um, And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I just want women to go bigger. (laughs) Because I think, um, you know, the the percentages of women in poverty in retirement are huge as well. And women spend their wealth very, very differently. Wealthy women are so different to wealthy men in a generalised 
speaking. You know, women will hire other women. They'll put it back into their local communities. They'll they'll literally give it away to family, to friends, philanthropically. Like there's so much impact and flow on effect in the economy when women have wealth and make all those decisions. So I really just want to see more of that. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, and I think too, a lot of particularly the, the mums out there, there's, I think sometimes a lot of fear that if they do go that little bit bigger, that they'll lose that um, grassrootsiness that they love so much about themselves and their families, you know, and I I totally understand that, but there's, there's ways to keep that and still be big at the same time. Yeah, totally. And, and I think that's because the examples that we see of wealth are things that make us want to vomit in our mouths. (laughs) And so like, it was a really hard choice for me in going, like I didn't, I thought long and hard about whether to share my revenue or not um, because I didn't want people to think, you know, I was just big noting myself and out there doing that. But in the end I went, well, one, people can look at how many members I have and just do the math anyway. It's really yeah, yeah, easy yeah. to find out. Um, but secondly, it was I wanted to be a different example that you can have really great marriage you can have great relationships with your kids you can live a very different life to what we see um and do really great work and it doesn't it doesn't make you somebody different yeah and I think you know people like you do that really well um you know and show that you you know you can have both of those things you know I also love like Denise Stuffield Thomas I think she does a great job of that (laughs) as well yeah Yeah. she cranks me up and like just you know, I I, I love the story in the book as well. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I love that she's just like, yeah, no, I don't really do that part of the business because I just don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> she's just so honest about it all. And I think it's yeah. awesome, you know. Yeah. Whenever we talk, we, we yeah, I find her intriguing because we're very different. I'm super type A in going, like, I'll do all the bits. And I'm like, da-da-da-da. And I'm like, really? Doesn't this, trick, like, you're just, like, not worrying about that? She's like, no, nah, it'll all be right. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I still, you know, that thing I said about control earlier, I'm still working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is so funny. Um, So I guess, like, what would be the one big thing you think that no one tells you about creating courses? Oh, Um, that a lot of people think it's about comparison and competition. Um, a lot of people will look at it and go in and go, oh, my competitor's doing this or my competitor's doing that. But none of that actually matters. The whole thing in your success as you grow is it's a race with yourself. It's all a mind game. And every launch, every level you go up is a whole new set of mind games for you to deal with because it's like nothing else. Like it's it's a really strange you almost feel guilty when it works because especially if you come from service-based business, like I came from a service-based business where I was, you know, take tutoring, for example, they would pay $80 an hour for tutoring. I would pay the teachers $40 an hour. And then you've got your profit after tax. It was all a time for money exchange. You know, someone paid you, you worked for that money exchange. And then when you do a launch and you don't know the people, they just, they just do their thing and you don't work for it. It's a really strange feeling in, in going, what, what, what do I, and then you feel really guilty that you somehow 
this doesn't make sense. Have I done something wrong here? Is this all working? And you've got to like really make the adjustment. The only way you'll go big is to make the adjustment in going, it's money for value. And you have to know your value proposition, what you're doing for people, deliver over, deliver on that transformation promise. And when you get really comfortable with that, then you'll be able to go bigger. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's that whole thing of, you know, there's always going to be someone out there doing what you do. Yeah. Always. But I think I think it's like I think it's a mem or I don't know, a quote or some post somewhere I've seen go viral on the internet that is like, you know, if you ever want to remind yourself that you can still be competitive in a crowded market, it's like go to the bread aisle at the supermarket. Yeah. You know, because it's like bread. It's such a simple thing, but there's like 500 different types and brands of bread and people are still buying them all. So there's always going to be someone else doing what you do. Yeah. You've just got to find your way of doing it your way. Yeah. And people all have a favorite flavor too. I mean, even um, we were actually talking about this. I had lunch with like eight girlfriends a couple of weeks ago and we're all there and the conversation came up about handbags and some of them had like $5,000 handbags and $1,000 handbags and different handbags and like all of these things. And I'm, I'm not materialistic at all. I don't, I don't, I spend a lot on experiences, probably too much on travel and experiences, but I don't do the stuff. And we were all looking at it and talking about going like one of the bags that was super expensive. Most of us agreed that it was very ugly. (laughs) (laughs) And it was this thing in going, you know what? Everyone's got their thing. And it's the same when people are, are choosing coaches and choosing different programs that they're going with is what is appealing to one person. It's not going to be right for another person. And so you just got to be you and then your people will come. Like they will choose you. It doesn't matter what your competitors are doing because there's enough fish in the sea for everyone. I mean, to make a really good business, use the seven figures, for example, you don't need, when you actually do the math, you don't need that many people for the billions of people on the planet, you need a very, very, very small segment of them. So there is enough going around and I mean, I love in our industry, there's a lot of collaboration over competition. Like a lot of the people that are doing pretty much the exact same thing as me are great mates that we talk to and we share each other's stuff all the time because I know their clients aren't my clients and my clients aren't their clients. So it's, it's fine. And also people will chop and change too. I mean, I, I've had business coaches my whole 17 years in business, but I keep them for six months, a year. I think the longest one I've had was two years. And then I'll go to the next person to try and like soak everything out that they've got. So yeah, I think worrying about competitors is just a whole lot of wasted energy. Yeah. And I think that last thing you said was a really good point to note is that, you know, sometimes you serve a purpose for someone for a certain amount of time or for a season or something like that. And then sometimes they need something else. I've experienced the same thing. Like last year during COVID, I did lots of like masterminds and coaching that was very strategy focused, business strategy stuff. I came out of the end of that towards the end of last year and went, right, I still need some mentoring, but I need to do more like energetic mentoring and like mindset mentoring and haven't done since the end of last year, any business strategy sort of mentoring because I did so much of it last year. But it's just that thing of, okay, I needed that at the time. Now I need this sort of, you know, so you, you, and I'll go back to the, to the other mentors again, when I want to revisit some other business strategy. So, you know, it's, and that's okay. It's, yeah. it's okay to fill a space for that time for that person. Totally. 
Yeah, I think that's it's important to note because, you know, we see ourselves doing it as people, but then when you're selling a course or trying to be a mentor yourself, you get really upset and think you're doing something wrong when people don't want to be with you for life. Yeah, yeah, and when people leave and you're like, what did I do wrong? Yeah, did I do something wrong? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> was, no. Was it my makeup that day or <laughs> did I not like this, the right brand of coffee or something? Yeah, you but it's never usually that. that. Yeah. It's never usually that. All right, so in wrapping up, what would be your last words for our listeners and where can everyone find you and your new book on the internet? Yay. Um, so you can find me. I'm very easy to find um, on Instagram, Tina underscore tower. Um, and you can get the book anywhere, Booktopia, Amazon, your bookstore, um, or go to, if you do get it, go to milliondollarmicrobusiness.com and you can get a whole free digital workbook that goes with it and all the worksheets and all the things to do everything in the book online as well. So that's there. And what will I leave people with? I think just if you've got the dream to do something, go and do it. Um, Because it blows my mind that there's so many people that like you read the regrets of the dying, the five regrets of of the dying by Bronnie, Bronnie where? Bronnie way? Bronnie somebody. Um, Great book. And it's so much of people, you know, regret the things that they didn't do. And like I said before, with decisions, like if I want to do something, I'll go do it. Like, go have a try. Like the worst that can happen is you fall flat on your face and you get back up again. (laughs) Like we, we take life so seriously and we've got such a short time on this earth. And this human experience is supposed to be all the things, the ups, the downs, the throughs that don't live the same life year after year. Like if you have a dream and you want to go for something, go give it a try. And you never know what's around the corner. It's very fun. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Stacey, for being on the podcast today. It's been amazing. And congratulations on the launch of your new book. I can't wait. um, Can't wait to read it myself and for everyone else who um, is in the zone for learning about leveraging off courses to get it in their hands too. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, the socialhubau.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy. Stay classy.